right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, yes, this is uh, what is two thirty? The bond call. It's the bond call, right? Yes, Idris. Uh, my name is Jeremy. Uh, I am calling on behalf of the Broccoli's. They are okay. busy well, at the moment. Like, you um, like their intern? You like their intern or something? Okay, something, something like that. I, you know, executive assistant, but it's fine. Okay, um, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy, whatever. You know, I, I, we really, really, really want to have you on as the next Bond. You know, people have been talking about it. We really feel good about it. Um, In, but internet's then, a blaze. Internet's a blaze. It it is, but we also received an email this morning from your agent titled Idris's Demands. That's right. Uh, okay. I mean, we, we went over them. We just have a few questions. Like, here, number one, it says sure. that you don't want Bond to drink martinis anymore. Yeah, well, we're, we're off that. We're off that. Jay-Z said we're off it. Okay. Old hat, bro. But that's kind of like the Bond, you know, like... One of his things, he drinks the martinis. Yeah, shaking, yeah, stir, I know, you know, I know, no shaking, not stir. But you know what else you can shake and not stir? Hennessy, the drink of kings, mate. Drink of kings. Hennessy. I'm oh not, yeah. I'm not sure if I've had that before. Is that is it like a martini? I'm gonna tell you what, Jeremy. Black community, they know all about Hennessy. When they see me drink that dark liquor on screen. They're gonna say that right there. That's an agent. That's a sophisticated brother right there. There's a sophisticated brother up there, bruv. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as it's sophisticated, I I don't see a problem with that. It's very sophisticated. V S O P. V S O P, bruv. Okay. V S. Yeah. Take the note. Take the note. Okay. Okay. Uh. Well, uh, that seems doable. But the, this next item here, it says that you don't want to drive the Aston Martin anymore. That's Idris. You're a car guy. This is the classic Bond car. I don't see why uh, you wouldn't want to be in the I Aston know. Martin. I know. I know. I know. It's old. It's old hat. It's old hat, brother. Again. Again. If you go Idris, we're going to the future, babes. We're going to the. We're going to the future. We Afro futuristic here. All right. Okay. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What's what's the car that we associate with black wealth, with black integrity, bro? Mercedes. No, bro. The Escalade, bro. The Escalade. It's big. I'm driving. It's impenetrable. Anybody shooting at me, they're not coming for me. They're not going to get Idris Bond. They're not going to get Idris Bond. They're they're not even going to get through the windshield wipers, bro, because it's so big. Bro, this big news, big things. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, okay, I mean, okay. You know, if that's what you want, we could probably make that happen. Sure, uh, sure. But last thing here, it's again, I don't really see what the issue is. You, you seemingly don't like all of our choices for the next Bond girl. It's not my style, bro. It's not my style. My biggest problem, and this is no shade, this is no shade to all of my beautiful, caucastic honeys out there. It's a little, it's a little too, too pale for me, bro. So I'm thinking, you know, my, my mom's, my mom's coming to see these movies, bro. I know you, you got a mom, Jeremy. I know you got a mom, bro. I, I do have a mom, yeah. That's right. And, and my mom, my mom's not gonna enjoy seeing me with with a, a Caucasian woman in the first movie, at least in the first movie, bro. 
Okay. You, you well, feel who me? Did you Can have make... in mind? Uh, there's only one person. There's only one goddess that we can put in this movie, bro. I'm talking the queen of Barbados. I'm talking about Rihanna. Rihanna, babes. Boom, 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 boom. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. I mean, She's I did beautiful. like her. She can, she can sing the Bond song, and I'll DJ it. You got the Bond theme done by DJ Idris. Well, I, I don't see any real problem with any of these. I guess these are fine. I'll, I'll take these over to Barbara, and I'll see what she says. These are real things. We, we go going Afrofuturistic with this Bond. All right. Well, Idris, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We'll We'll get back to you very shortly. I love you, Jeremy. I love you. I want to make these things happen. I want to see you in the future, babes. All right. Talk to you soon, Idris. All right. Boom, 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 big things. Hello, Barbara. Yeah, we're going to go with Tom Hardy. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And I messed that up. I, I should introduce what the show is about. This is a show we deconstruct. What? Yeah. We contextualize these white savior films or we <laughs> imagine them through a black and POC lens. Uh, <laughs> We're the ones drinking. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one because there's a, there's a lot to get into. Um, and Big conversation, are, yeah. Yeah, we're excited to have on a guest who, when I just kind of like brought the idea of the show to them, they were immediately like, can we do this movie? Like, I know it doesn't fit necessarily what you guys, you know, talk about, but like, be interesting to kind of dissect this and i was like yeah let's do let's right. do it yeah. um, but they are a, a writer and an illustrator you may have seen some of their work in uh the new york times uh the atlantic the guardian uh most recently in, in rise uh asian american history pop culture uh which i was very much into uh but this is frankie hong hi guys thanks for inviting me yeah thanks for coming uh, on very excited to talk to you um and i wanted to start with this question because it's it's a little parallel to what we're talking about and definitely parallel to our show where we watch a lot of these movies and one of the we watch a lot of them one of the the themes of these films that we've seen whether it's indiana jones temple of doom uh whether it's most recently kazam which we watched um when it comes to just non-white people and their food there is often an, an effort to make it look gross and unappetizing and like n- nothing you would ever want to put near your mouth but like we've talked about on the show very much so now like this is food that people are like ooh, like let's get some ethiopian food like let's go get some you know authentic like you know cantonese food or like let's go do like whatever whatever the new international food craze is and so um just from your perspective, I wonder, like, what do you think about the way that food oftentimes is represented in films like this, but in general, you know, specifically when it comes to non-American <laughs> traditional fare? Because I think America's food craze is always, it's just always weird to kind of like watch the trends go where like all of a sudden 
like for example something like like bubble tea or boba right like for a long time very much you know like an asian american staple and like people went to that but i wouldn't call it an asian american like... staple either um but go on <laughs> <laughs> well it's it was something that like wasn't necessarily a mainstream thing let's sure say. It was yeah very much, you know not like one on every corner or you know them kind of popping up mm-hmm. all over the place and now it's like a thing that like everybody's kind of like, ooh, you know, like let's go get some bubble tea. Let's go. Let's go <laughs> I had boba. boba today. Boba's great, you know, but it's sort of like boba today. old old news for me already because it's been around for a while. <laughs> um, like mm. part of this thing, at least in China and in you know Taiwan where it's from, like food as play is really big. So. Um, like beverages are continuously churning through different trends because people want to have fun with their food. So boba is yeah. like pretty much not that cool anymore. Like it's still a staple, but um, at least when I last lived in China, like two and a half years ago, um, it was cheese tea. Mm. Oh, cheese, cheese tea. But it doesn't right. taste like, you know, don't imagine like a slice of like American cheese on top of your tea. It's actually like... Um, okay, because I like do. a malty foam <laughs> that tastes a little bit something somewhere between like cream cheese and um just cream actually um like a little bit so like, like a butter buttermilky and then it's just like it's like it's not quite like milk and it's not mixed in there it's like a foam cap on top of your tea and you can either mix it in or not. Uh, or mix it in a little bit okay. and then, you know, drink from the tea part on the bottom and then, like, eat a little bit of the foam on top. It's just fun. Like, people want to okay. keep having different yeah. things um, in their cups. So, usually, I think uh, <laughs> a lot of the trends that show up in the U.S. is, like, the way European fashion shows up in the U.S. It's, like, our leftovers. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I, I also wonder, too, yeah. just, like, in the way that we... Oftentimes, I guess it's it's a thing <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. has been kind of done. Because I'm trying to think like when when was the last time I saw that in a film like in the modern mm. day, like where, you know, somebody goes to another country and like was that did they did. I think they did that in Basmati Blues. Did they do that, Cameron? Where like didn't she go to eat? something at like somebody she had house dinner and like she was looking at it like she, she had dinner at uh yeah. what it was because they were eating it off banana leaves and that was strange okay. to her that she was eating like <laughs> oh my god like there they was don't taste like anything there there it's like forks. it's like putting your food on like a plastic plate except it's alive you know <laughs> yeah. like in movies i think a lot of times when they make the effort to feature like a strange food, something exotic, it's supposed to serve the plot somehow because otherwise mm. you can just have something quote-unquote normal and it's not part of the story. So they always have to make sure that people interact with it in some weird way. And it's usually really forced because, you know, food is food. And a lot of, like, staple average everyday foods you see in, you eat in different countries are not that difficult to um, accept. Like, you know, we like carbs we like greasy things. We like salty shit. Can I cruise, mm-hmm. by the way? Oh, please do. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's like universal. A lot of good food is just very easy to like. And I think filmmakers often just make an effort to not feature those because it's like, well, if it's just like good old, you know, fried dough, I'm just going to stick with donuts 
and yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, because what was it in Kazam? Like the it was like a the Middle Eastern villain was just eating like what looked to be just like grape leaves and like some other <laughs> like just regular. No, 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 because no, he was eating. Uh, well, they tried. To, like they had octopus. him eating. Well, they tried to eat him, have him eating like goat eyes and like something else too. I think that's yeah, also the, the thing. It's like goat, goat, uh, really good Nubian too. goat eyes. They had him eating like an exotic villainous food, and it looked kind of like I don't know. They look like coconut yeah. pieces or something like that. It looked that like, like like oyster almost actually like like, oyster, like, yeah. like yeah oyster with like coconut on it. it looked, and we're like, just like, yeah, like huh, it was gelatinous. Looks... It was still gelatinous. Yeah, but it also had like texture. But we we're like we might eat that that looks good <laughs> like that's not putting me off <laughs> like, in I, might, way. I might be nubian after all <laughs> well it's interesting too i mean just looking at like the complete opposite like miyazaki films and like the food looks like the most amazing thing ever uh you know so when you but see miyazaki is making food. movies for a domestic audience even if he right. knows that he's gonna be an international success each time um you know there is no really exoticizing Japanese cuisine for Japanese people. But I think in Ponyo, right. I think mm-hmm. the Little Mermaid actually got really into ham and she yelled ham a lot. And that actually reminded <laughs> me a little bit of what happens with like non like white American food in American movies where it was just like, mm. she's into ham. <laughs> we must make a point of this. <laughs> so I think just the food of other countries is always going to be exoticized and othered you know either you know in an innocent way or in a more like sort of cheesy underhanded way to make someone seem like weird or evil but it's never gonna be normal because i guess there's no story in normal Mm -hmm. yeah well we'll we'll bring all of this back around to food because there's a very interesting scene in uh the the series of films that we're about to talk about today mm. where they they really yeah. lay into that uh f- cultural food moment um, but when <laughs> when i asked you to be on the podcast um you brought a movie to us which wasn't on our list and i don't think we were really expecting to talk about but then the more that we thought about it definitely wasn't yeah the more we were like okay yeah no this is this is an interesting conversation to have uh for a lot of different reasons yeah I'll- yeah. Um, so what was the movie that you wanted us to talk about this week? Um, I wanted to talk about the last James Bond movie to come out, No Time to Die. And specifically, Lasana Lynch, right? Like yes. Her character and how she was mm-hmm. portrayed in the movie, uh, which is mm. a very, very interesting. I just think, think about. Um, I don't know if we should talk about this now or later, but she was very heavily part of the marketing. And I think it's excited yes. a lot of people yes. about... This, like, you know, not reboot, but, like, a change in direction. They brought in Mm -hmm. um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge to punch up the dialogue. They say vaguely in all the marketing. And we just expect, Mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be, like, Bond, but Fleabag style. That's going to be cool. That's what I was expecting (laughs) going in. That was not it. But I think Mm. I was really excited by the idea of Lashana Lynch. I don't know. I thought he was going to pass the baton the torch to her what was i thinking like they would never give like a beautiful dark woman that role i just <laughs> imagined in my head because <laughs> it would be amazing and she would be amazing and what a waste <laughs> well it's very interesting because 
I mean, coming into this movie, Daniel Craig was very adamant mm-hmm. that he was done, that he was not interested yes. in being James Bond anymore. He looked and done, even like in the in the in yeah. the movie previous, actually. Like after he famously said in an interview, uh, he would rather eat glass <laughs> <laughs> than do it again. And and allegedly, you know, he's denied a bunch of different things, but allegedly, like, they offered him $100 million to make No Time to Die, and he was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, and I mean, obviously, something happened where he came back to do this movie, but, like, there was... $200 million. A, yeah. I would <laughs> do it. I would doubt. do a lot of things for $200 million. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of doubt as to whether or not he was actually going to do another Bond movie and so you know when you see Lashana Lynch in a lot of these trailers and posters and things like that and a lot of the speculation going around obviously the pun intended specter of Idris Elba like you know around the franchise Mm -hmm. for the last couple of years like people have been talking about ooh okay like the next James Bond should it be another white man should it even be a man like what are the kind of things that we can do and so like Lashana Lynch comes in and people's minds are just racing they're thinking oh here it is like we're going to do this we're going to do that um we'll get into that more in depth you know because it is very interesting to what they did with the character but um Mm -hmm. before we talk about this movie specifically like leading up to this we had except for me because I didn't see Quantum of Solace but it sounds like we'd all seen every single one of these film so like the daniel craig, the daniel what, craig ones what, yes yeah what yes what are both of yours i guess we'll start with you frankie like what was your just impression of daniel craig as bond and like your just enjoyment of these films that he's done specifically i think he was extremely enjoyable especially in the first one casino royale he's just like because i've seen uh, a couple of the pierce brosnan ones and he's just like really hammy and like unattractive mm-hmm. to me because I don't know he's he seems like a sleazebag right he is a sleazebag in the movies actually but Daniel Craig <laughs> is like this like rough um kind of you know self-aware guy who's like I'm a killer like I treat women like trash and I'm you know here to do horrible things for queen and country and probably die young <clears throat> you know I guess that was part of the ruggedness movement of like the leading action men like there's also the born franchise right they're all kind of like sort of angry and focused um because people are into it's probably our closest analog yeah that kind of masculinity but you know i feel like casino royale just had it was it had a sense of humor and despite the fact that it was serious um it got the balance just right of like the intense action but also the goofy spy stuff the glamour the beautiful locales and i think more important most importantly perhaps like a woman that can like handle him on a cerebral level i think that never came back that was the only movie that really achieved it but it was exciting it was just like you know here's this guy who's um who was just a soldier and then he got awakened like his thirst for life was awakened by this woman and he's like maybe i can live like a human being and then she died um right and but but that could have turned him that could have been interesting in in shaping his character in the subsequent films that i don't think the the films really went in that direction like i think she shows up in every like opening you know 
like trippy sequence with the songs mm-hmm. so that we know that she's still on his mind but beyond that we don't really see like a scarred person like a traumatized person who's who can never get over his ex-girlfriend they they keep telling us that but i didn't really feel it um yeah. but it just overall became less it was less in, like okay quantum of solace everybody thought was crap um and then the one after yes. was skyfall the one after that or skyfall was an excellent skyfall so skyfall was great um basically m yeah. was the bond woman sort of i mean they don't mm-hmm. sleep together but like yep. she was sort of his the lady <laughs> that he was taking care of and working with and you know actually his spark with judy dench was on par with um what the chemistry he had with eva green not not sexual chemistry but sure. like the fact right. that they trusted each other and they have like jokes and they understand each other and they're very comfortable together and i think those are some of the better moments in bond when um you sort of see him as like a human being with this incredibly weird difficult job and there's there's like real emotional weight um so i thought the franchise should have ended then and then they did like specter which i don't really remember much of other than Mm. he was like really extra rapey in that one um Mm -hmm. and then i guess the one after that is no time to die right Yep. Yeah, and that's the no the twenty fifth one. And so he just like seemed big, like... so tired of being in this movie, in this franchise. Like he really shouldn't have been there. And I think every and they should have really taken that fatigue, both in the way he looks because he's a little older, and because mm-hmm. you know yeah. we know that he's tired of this role. And like a smart marketer would have seen that and used all of the tabloid to infuse into his character so that it's just really like this you know uncle bond really really want to retire like and some like young hotshot who's like i'm gonna put a bullet in your good knee mister and like yeah. just let her you know let her be the star he can like you know he can be the tired indiana jones even just be along for the ride and then like they can set up for sequels and then she can I don't know, be 007 and, you know, it'll be the Nomi franchise. I would watch that. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. Like, at this point, Daniel Craig had been James Bond for 15 years. Oh, damn. Which is crazy. <laughs> Cause, oh, my God. You're right. It you is know, true. Uh, Casino Royale came out in 2006. You know, yep. so, like, they... Golly. No french fries been... for 15 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> been plotting this out and like he had said i mean a lot of his just hesitancy to come back to the role is just like he got beat up like he had to get knee surgery shoulder oh, surgery ankle surgery all those anything, like, like half nude scenes of him in the speedo those are rough <laughs> those are rougher than action theme scenes i think so you know at his age he was just kind of like i i don't i did you see knives out i could just sit here and and talk to people you can tell he was having so much fun so much fun like i love seeing him in that movie because you can feel the joy of the actor coming through like the sparkle in his eyes that was it was just nice i wanted i wanted that for him yeah so you know he he was definitely i think that's what makes that movie so great Yeah, he's definitely been kind of had one foot out the door for, you know, years now. But Cam, what's your (laughs) take on the the Daniel Craig Bond so far? Is it pretty much aligned with Frankie's or? 
Uh, yeah, I think I would say so. Um, I guess I do. I think the the large part that I do admire about these movies because I did try my best to watch all of them one one year. Oh, the COVID year, hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I got through the Conneries. Like I got through the Conneries, all of them, and I'd even seen Never Say Never Again, the one that's the unauthorized Bond, technically. Um, yeah. And like one Roger Moore, so I didn't really get to Lazenby, and I didn't get to Brosnan. And I saw Goldeneye when it came out, so like I was a kid. I don't even remember this movie, yeah. basically. And I've seen, and now I've seen all of the Daniel Craig. Some in theaters, some not. Um, and he's probably got the best performance since Connery. I would say the best, like sustained performance. Um. And I do agree with Frankie that when the franchise allows itself to become like just the most slightest bit cerebral, the most slightest bit interested in his character, his emotions as a person, even knowing that he's James Bond, like he is a disposable, he is a person who thinks of other people, not just women, as mm. disposable. So, so he himself kind of becomes disposable and we can like glom on to what him whatever we want to think at any given you know time or yeah. era and i think what uh we got right with these is that you know we wanted to see his deeper sexual torment his deeper uh emotional torment being alone you know his deeper um i don't know just and 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 trying i guess trying to like uh acknowledge the human person's like fatigue at the same time i mean in this movie he's trying to vacation in jamaica before all of this stuff really goes down so that's felt um i think of these bonds honestly as like kind of not necessarily diminishing returns but kind of like a cyclone of returns so you got casino royale which is fantastic top 10 movie of that decade honestly oh wow and i I mean to reintroduce the franchise the way they did literally even in the first action sequence with that like parkour sequence that's just like you could you could throw it on any day and just watch that sequence alone and be fully entertained yeah you know i would say along with that card game the way Mm. it's uh the sequence of that card game and how that's doled out it's almost like too intelligent for <laughs> for a Bond movie at that point. I mean, honestly, the card game is like just as intriguing as any of the action sequences. Uh, but so that movie being like so high minded and so interested in other things, being so exciting in that sense, and then you got like Quantum of Solace, which is just like a total. I don't plot. remember what happened I, actually. <laughs> I actually remember the plot very okay. thoroughly, but the fact the specifics of the plot. The problem with it is that the movie thinks the plot mechanics are way more interesting than they are, and uh, kind of the whole Strawberry Fields thing being like a parallel to Vesper or like a a mirror image of Vesper. Not not Strawberry Fields, the other woman. Um, The woman who's captured by Hmm. the oil baron. Yeah, I don't remember her name, Uh, but I know who you're talking about. Is it also fruit-themed name, or...? <laughs> uh, is it another fruit name? Uh, no. Uh played by Olga Karyenko though. Uh 
who's trying who's also wearing a little too much bronzer. If I, you know re- what I actually mean. do remember that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a little sketchy too, but but the movie is uh way too interested in the twists and turns of the plot and really like there's no discernible action sequence or like iconic moment in it mm-hmm. at all. And it's the fact that it's a it's a part two, it's a direct part two. Yep. Is completely you the, you could ask the on like the average moviegoer if they knew that that was a direct part two or not, and they could not have told you, could not have told you. Some yeah. Even though the movie has like bookending, has actual bookends, and uh, in Quantum of Solace, the uh, the uh, bullet sequence is at the end, mm-hmm. marking that denoting that it's a part two. You, the the, uh, the average mo- moviegoer wouldn't know. And then Spectre is like a. Pretty good, like a really good movie. Wait, don't skip Skyfall. Skyfall. I mean, sorry, Skyfall is what's a pretty that was really good. good movie yeah. actually. Yeah, and then Spectre is again like confusing, and uh, there's so many. Like honestly, if you ask me about Spectre, I could only tell you about the Mexico City sequence, and yeah, not much more of it. Spectre is like Hydra, but and, in Bond. Yeah, literally. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> it even got the octopus logo. yep <laughs> and then no time to die is supposed to be the culmination of all the themes that have been going on and then kind of ending up in the middle honestly quality quality yeah. wise i i would say a lot of the action sequences not necessarily aren't iconic but just fall flat because they're so easily and cheaply made you can tell that they're like put them in front of a blue screen or like He's not doing a lot of the action as he's much as, tired. as he was he's doing old. in the early yeah. movies, and he's so obviously <laughs> tired. Right, exactly, and it's felt like that okay. scene in the car um, when he's just sitting there, like letting everybody yeah. shoot the car. I think that's like, let's just my, that's how basically how yeah. he felt to me for the entire movie, just being like, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Can we get through yeah. this? Well, shout out Daniel Craig, who is who's fine, honestly, yeah. doing the, doing the doing the work. He's doing the work, but you can tell he's just yeah. like, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, guys. For sure. Well, I think his whole tenure is interesting because, yeah, after the Pierce Brosnan ones, and like I forget what the last Pierce Brosnan one was. I think it's the one with Halle Berry, and people that are like, is "Die another day." You're right. Yeah, that was like the worst. Like people are like, "Oh my god, this was there so like terrible. a space laser in it that they drove away from?" Was that the one? Uh, there's, uh, there's always no. A space that laser. was that was and, a different and, one. Maybe there's, <laughs> there's a lot of space remember. lasers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that that it was so bad that they took a break. I mean, it was almost like Batman. You know, in the sense that like you know after Batman like and Robin, years, yeah, they were just like we gotta stop making these movies. Make people forget so that they suck. Of, yeah, get get back into yeah. it. And similar to Batman, you know, like Batman Begins comes out and it's like, you know, this revelation, this new darker gritty take on Batman. You know, mm-hmm. this is the same thing with James Bond and, you know, specifically because of the Bourne movies, like those were coming out and kind of filling that same void and gap. But like, you know, mm-hmm. specifically like that fight choreography, like you can see it very much so the first sequence of Casino Royale where he's beating that guy up in the bathroom. Like that's like very Ooh. much just we're doing born you know we're taking that we're, yeah. we're putting that in there and so it's all energy yeah it's also the first series of films because the previous ones you know the roger moore the sean connery the pierce brosnan they're very much just like bond adventures like based on bond books but also wow. like he's just going doing things these were like the first real attempt to like give bond 
character, backstory, Pathos. continuity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have all of those movies kind of had the same cast and crew, but like this one, you know, they're really trying to build those relationships between him and Q and, and Money Penny and you know all these other people. Um, to the point where he, even uh, Felix Leiter, like yeah. he's around in he these shows movies. up a couple of times and like. Jeffrey yeah. Wright's the first one to play him in multiple films, you know, so like he got right. to, you know, yep. really have a role in that. Um, but I think it, it kind of, there was pluses and minuses to it, right? Because yeah, you have, right. you know, Daniel Craig and you really letting him sink his teeth into this role and give him a lot to do. But then mm-hmm. there's also just, it gets, I wouldn't say more confusing as time goes on, but I feel like they knew less and less what, to do well it's pretty formulaic right because every time they want to deepen the story they just give you another secret organization that's been hiding beneath the surface this whole time it's like you can't you can only do that twice actually like you can't they did it twice yeah was that it because specter specter is like actually specter Uh, is that all right it feels but like it feels like specter is the culmination of like Uh, yeah but Spectre is like even more so because Spectre the the reason that movie doesn't work is because (laughs) you know they're just like and and Blofeld's been behind everything the whole time Mm. and you're just like right what (laughs) and it's honestly the movie like the reason this movie is hanging on by a thread yeah because they they basically say that again it's that Blofeld was behind it the whole time but he was just hanging out in a jail cell and we'll confront and him like, like once, oh, but okay. they don't need yeah. to have one yeah. villain behind everything. Like him being a bigger and bigger mastermind doesn't make him a more interesting or scary or powerful villain. They should have no. just taken the plunge and be like, he's dead. A new guy has taken up that void and he does everything differently. And James Bond has to figure it out because he's like some 25 year old in his pajamas and James Bond yeah. doesn't know how to use Slack. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, um, before we get into the five minutes, um, just a little bit of behind the scenes of this movie, because it is interesting to note that a, a lot happened leading up to No Time to Die. So yes. They, yes. they make Spectre back in 2016. 2017, there was, again, there was a lot going on. There was uncertainty whether Daniel Craig was going to come back. There was uncertainty Christoph Waltz was going to come back and what they were going to do and how they were going to wrap all this up. It was the 25th film, No Time to Die, so it was going to be this huge anniversary for Bond, all these things going on. And so initially, there was you know a couple of different writers and uh, directors involved. Most notably, Guy Ritchie was supposed to do it, and then... There was a whole lot of just uh, creative differences is what they they settle on um, is, you know, why he kind of backed out and was replaced. But they were on track to make the movie. And so they couldn't not if they had stopped production, then they would have had to, like, stop production full stop and then start from scratch. So what they did was they kind of reached out and were looking around um, to see who was available and one. Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who you might know from specifically, you know, the first season of True Detective, and then you did Beast of No Nation, um, and a couple of other things, originally was was tapped to do Skyfall, um, and then they went with Sam Mendes. Um, but um, um, after that, they 
kind of brought him in just as like a last minute, like here's somebody we know can finish the job. And so he had a lot of thoughts about what the movie should be and where we should go. Um, and this is where Phoebe Waller-Bridge gets brought on, you know, allegedly at the request of Daniel Craig, you know, to kind of like punch things up and, and, you know, give the movie a bit of a more modern take. Um, mm -hmm. But when you look at so when you look at the credits here, you know, uh, Kerry Fukunaga is the director. The screenplay is by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who are like the longtime Bond screenwriters. Um, mm -hmm. Then, then Kerry Fukunaga, then Phoebe Waller Bridge. When the story is by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, uh, and Kerry Fukunaga, so it's like a lot of like people hands in the movie, like trying to get it done. That's never um, good. Mm -hmm. no yeah you can tell that there's there is a lot of different thoughts and ideas and things going on here and then obviously notoriously yeah. you know barbara broccoli and the broccoli family are very intensive and hands-on and have visions and uh they have a vision <laughs> you know that yeah. that things have to fit into and so yeah this is where we get a lot of what's going on in this movie i'm going to attempt to summarize this movie i'll be one thousand percent i by the time we got to uh like the the sequence after the boat where the boat sinks i was just like i'm not sure i know what's happening anymore <laughs> like yeah and there's so much more that happens after there's it a lot of plot and a lot of just like people explaining things and then like Whew. unexplaining things and then things changing on a on a just a whim that i was just like i stopped trying to follow the movie <laughs> so i think i know what happens but we're gonna we're gonna rely on our good friend wikipedia to kind of fill in some of these blanks um so cameron if you want to time me <laughs> we'll see if i get this movie is also two hours and 45 minutes all so, right here we go it's even longer <laughs> there's a lot to take in but let me know yeah this movie is long um let me know when to go all right, I got the I got the five ready ready to go. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, three, two, one. All right, so we start off, and uh, I believe Switzerland with a young Madeline Swan who is, if you remember, there's a, there's a lot to remember. So remember that she's she's the daughter of Mister White, who was working for Blofeld, uh, who was the head of Spectre, and so her father been basically been going around killing people murdering people um and one of the families that he murdered uh a survivor of that killing has come to exact their revenge on uh the swan family and so he just burst into the home he's wearing this creepy mask um he just machine guns the mom uh comes for for madeline but she's able to just shoot him a couple times um and then he, I don't understand what her plan was. She drags him out of the house, but he still has the gun on him. And so he just sits up Jason style and like just starts shooting at her again as she runs across this frozen lake, which of course cracks. Of course she falls through. Um, and this killer, instead of, you know, finishing her off, shoots the ice, basically freeing her, saving her life. And then we just kind of just smash cut to present day where Madeline and James Bond are, on this a quasi vacation they're really they're in italy to visit the grave of vesper lind who again if you remember all the way back in casino royale she's the original bond love interest um played by eva green who you know he's really never gotten over and so he's come to pay respects to her but as he goes to her grave of course james Bond movie the grave explodes it blows up um you know and he's kind of caught off guard because he 
you know, nobody should know where he is. He's off the grid. You know, he's kind of doing his own thing. And so immediately, uh, for whatever reason, he suspects that it's all Madeline's fault. Madeline set him up. She's behind this, even though, again, literally in the last movie, there was a whole secret spy organization that you had no clue existed. So I don't know why it wouldn't be possible for somebody to get the drop on you, but I guess it's Madeline's fault. So he goes and uh, gets Madeline and starts demanding that she tell him what's going on and all this stuff. She's like, I don't know. Um, all these you know, killers presumably specter killers are after him uh there's just a scene like we were alluding to earlier where they're just sitting in an aston martin as it gets shot to shit and james bond is just like i guess for your sins we're just gonna die in this car <laughs> until she finally i guess just like breaks down enough that he decides that he should do something and so he you know dispatches with all these assassins and takes Madeline to the train station is like, we're over, we're done, get out of here. I never want to see you again. Um, then we skip ahead five years. Um, Spectre is still specturing. They have kidnapped this scientist, uh, Valdo Obrachev, who is like a Russian scientist. He's working on something called Project Heracles. Um, before Spectre burst in, he's on a call with a mysterious person who's telling him, you know, Spectre's coming you know, let them take you. It's all part of our plan, yada, yada. So he gets kidnapped. And this leads to, um, well, first, you know, MI6 is is into this, right? Because this is M's kind of like secret project that he has going on on the side, but also longtime Bond contact CIA agent Felix Leiter and um, a new kind of like upstart agent Logan Ash have come to Jamaica where James Bond is hiding out to recruit him and tell him, you know, the world needs you again. Spectre's, you know, doing something evil and shady. You're the only one who can stop this. Bond is like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm over this. I just want to live here in Jamaica. Um, but lo and behold, his car is broken down, you know, before he can go back to his house and he should show up. But uh, it's a beautiful young lady uh, who offers to drive him back to his house. Uh, but of course, we all know this is Lashana Lynch who is playing the new 007, she has come to basically tell Bond to stay in his lane. You know, I'm I'm 007 now. I'm running this. Uh, and you should, you know, basically stay out of my way. I'm going to shoot your other knee. Um, also, here's the phone. Talk to him. And um, <laughs> tells him, you know, Bond, like, you know, basically what Lashana Lynch said. Like, you should stay out of this. Like, we're handling this. Like, you know, don't, don't get involved. Uh, but, of course, this is like don't tell Bond what to do because of course he's going to get involved now. He's got to follow up on this. So he goes to Cuba, which is where, you know, Spectre is basically hiding out. Uh, he meets up with uh, the beautiful Paloma, who's um, played by Anna, Anna de Armas. Armas. Yes. Who like before I watched the movie, that's all anybody was talking about. Is Anna de Armas needs her own movie. Anna de Armas is like the best part of this movie. Yada, yada, yada. I assumed even the, Oh, man. Even the timer knew you were talking yeah, about I know. <laughs> I assumed that she was going to be a bigger part of this movie, literally only in this sequence. Oh, you got like um, a third of the way through, I think. I know. Yeah. So He's getting there. He's getting there. I'm actually I'm proud of him for doing this <laughs> as clearly as he's doing it. <laughs> so they go to Cuba. Um, Paloma's there. They're basically you know, trying to get the drop on Spectre. They're at this very like exorbitant party um allegedly the russian scientist is there we do see him he is again on the the phone with his mysterious contact who's telling him to switch out the 
the weapon and and code it to the specter agents and all this stuff and so as bond's walking around he starts to notice there's a lot of specter agents in this party in fact it's all specter agents in fact this is probably a trap and we see blofeld has a bionic eye for which he's watching all of this from his present cell he's narrating you know this big grand moment uh he orders you know his his goons to release this gas which is supposed to kill james bond except you know basically goes ark of the covenant on all of the specter people their faces start to melt their eyes start to bleed they all just you know die instantly bond is unaffected paloma's unaffected you know a couple of other people are unaffected um but you know it seemingly has everything to do with the scientists so bond starts chasing the scientists paloma starts chasing the scientists but who's there our girl nomi she's there to to scoop in take the scientists take them back to mi6 um but after an extended shootout action sequence bond is able to kind of scoop up the scientists under nomi's no no nomi was undermined by paloma who had three weeks training Mm. yeah three weeks training she drives her car (laughs) uh (laughs) she drives her car to this this, the edge of all the scaffolding and the like the scientist falls and you know bond's able to take that assist and run off with the scientist flies him over to this you know kind of like worn down boat uh, that's out in the middle of the ocean. He's talking with him with Lighter and Ash. And like, as Bond is starting to get more and more into this guy, Ash is starting to get more and more agitated. And lo and behold, guess who's a double agent? It's Logan Ash. Who it's looks Logan like Ash. Logan Paul, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, shoots Lighter. He locks Bond and Lighter down in the bottom of uh, this boat that he then blows up and flies off with the agent. Um, and, you know, Bond tries his best to save Lighter, but it's too late. He's dying, so Bond just has to get out of there. Um, he finds a cool car. He goes back to the UK and goes back to MI6 and basically like, what the hell's going on here? Like, we need answers. This is getting out of control. You know, my friends are dying. Spectre is, you know, seemingly out of commission. Like, who's behind this? We need to find out. So he wants to talk to Blofeld, but Blofeld only speaks to a psychiatrist. Guess who that is? It's Madeline Swan. And <laughs> Madeline Swan um, is, you know, at, at her office and she has a mysterious meeting with a new patient. Uh, and this patient is Saffron, who secretly was the original assailant who came to her house all those years ago to murder her as a child. Um, Clearly a vampire because mask. he didn't age. He doesn't. I can't imagine how young he, doesn't he was. Age. Yeah, but that was also twenty five years ago in right. Madeline's life. So, like, so he was either like a teenager or like, <laughs> yeah, he's like you know almost fifty now. I don't know. They did give Rami Malek yes. like graying hair, so I don't know what we're supposed to interpret from that. But anyways, he. <laughs> more or less blackmails into her into taking his his special nanobot weapon to assassinate Blofeld. Um, Bond and Swan, you know, meet up at the prison where Blofeld's being held. There's, you know, awkward tension because, you know, everything that happened between them. Um, But uh, Madeline can't do it. You know, she's freaking out. Blofeld's coming at them on this, like, weird, like, conveyor belt contraption. He's, like, in a box, and he's, like, slowly <laughs> getting closer to them, and she can't she can't handle it. So she runs out. But Bond and her did touch briefly before she leaves. Keep an eye on that, because when Bond is interrogating Blofeld, Blofeld gets under his skin. He keeps saying that, you know, it's Madeline. Madeline's the one that's going to undo you. Madeline's the one that knows all this stuff. Um, Bond just starts choking him out, and... 
Didn't choke him that hard, but Blofeld does die because in his hands is the nanobots that he caught from Madeline that were just for Blofeld, uh, to kill Blofeld. So, you know, everybody's freaking out because they're not quite sure what's going on. They don't know where the Saffron is. They don't know where um, the scientist is. Basically, you know, Nomi gets put on to this, you know, wild goose chase to keep her out of the movie, <laughs> which is to find Logan Ash because he has the scientist. So You should explain uh, what the weapon is. I think they get into it by this point in the movie. It's a, it's a nanobot. Yes like weapon that you can i guess attribute it's in your blood it's in your blood and it like is and it's somehow also the cellular uh makeup of it is also shaped like the Spectre <laughs> logo for some reason i was like and why is like, it the the squid on their blood cells oh my god yeah it's like gene coded to specific people mm-hmm. so you can use it to yes. kill one person specific, or gen or know. do genocide yeah so or do gen or do genocide yeah or accidentally <laughs> so, wipe out the entire human race you know whatever right so bond um immediately is like well y'all are trying to find this scientist i need to find madeline he goes back to Madeline's childhood home of course she's there you know briefly they they reconcile and then he's like hey i know I left you for five years and all that stuff. But like, let's just have sex on the kitchen counter. And she's like, no, cause my daughter's upstairs. And then we meet her daughter <laughs> who's just watching them. Uh, Madeline is very vehement. That's not your daughter bond. That's not your daughter. Capital letters, not your daughter. Um, and, <laughs> but he you know, sees so himself bond, in her immediately. Yeah. She's got blue eyes. And uh, the next day bond makes her breakfast, probably a real shitty breakfast in an attempt to woo this child. Um, <laughs> but just as he's about to get back on the case, uh, he's told that Logan Ash is coming directly for him, you know, in his direction. And, you know, he has to get Madeline out of there, has to get Matilde, who's the daughter, out of there. Um, but, you know, in their haste to get out, like, basically things go wrong and, um, you know, they get separated. He goes to try to, like, stop, you know, the assassins from coming, which allows Saffron to come in and kidnap madeline and matilde and take him back to his secret island in the middle of nowhere in the japanese sea it's like a disputed island between russia and japan and it's right like but they were in scotland or they were in yeah her childhood home which is like switzerland or like something like that um yeah and so they go out there. It's like a it's like a garden is what he describes it as. Yeah, it looks like a cheesy are... like white people imagined Japanese Zen garden. <laughs> He's wearing like a you know Japanese inspired like gi top. I guess despite the fact yeah. that Remy mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Egyptian, I believe they're like he's Egyptian. you know Oriental. I'm not, Let's go I'm with not that. quite sure what he was supposed to be in this movie. Like foreign. also that accent is was like. Three different accents at once. I hope they it paid was, him a lot yeah. of money because it was not his finest work. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Uh, well, obviously, you know what happens next. Bond has to go rescue everybody. Nobody's with him. They fly into this island. Um, and, like, upon getting there, they find that there's, like, missiles, you know, being, like, loaded up with this secret Heracles, you know, thing that. I guess Saffron's plan is to just kill a lot of people. Do genocide. It's not really clear. Yeah. What he wants, why he wants to murder people. He wants to kill people. So that's his plan. So he's going to shoot rockets at, you know, a majority of the world and kill a lot of people. Um, 
And so, you know, they have to stop that. They kind of bluff that they're going to blow everything up, even though they don't have enough explosives to do that. Um, like, Saffron wants Matilde for some reason. Like, he wants the daughter just to be, like, his daughter. Hostage or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Bond goes to rescue her. And, of course, being Bond, he can't just talk to him. He has to try to shoot and kill him. So, uh, <laughs> Saffron, like, escapes, but then is immediately, like, this child's annoying. I actually don't want you. And just, like, lets her go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Yo, by the way, that just happens. <laughs> They're literally escaping at the last moment. And, and he's, like, shoot. He's, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, fuck you. You ain't my daughter. He's yeah. like, you're really up. heavy. I don't feel like carrying you anymore. The... I'm going to put you down, yeah. okay? It's just like, so go fall into that acid pool that and that die happens. or something. Yeah, go find your dumb rabbit. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, go find that little, little toy somewhere. So everybody gets reunited. Um, but, you know, Bond is like, there's only one way to stop this, and that's just to blow everything up. And we need missiles to do that. So we need the Navy to shoot missiles at this island. Um, everybody starts to escape nomi escapes she takes matilda and, and madeline with her but bond is like somebody's got to stay behind to open the silo i'm gonna single-handedly also, shoot my way up this tower um yeah. by myself like god mode he, video game style <laughs> he that was a that was a uh, yeah that was definitely uh some call of duty was, action right there yeah. it was it kind though. of yawn to be honest but yeah yeah he kills the the henchman who's like barely in the, the movie, cyclops a bionic eye yeah yes. mm-hmm. um I, I ju- this is the second viewing, and I noticed that that was him. <laughs> I didn't know he that had was no him. lines. Well, I he like was he was just there. Guy. He's like he's the eye he, dude he did, with the bad haircut. Yeah, well, he had a weird eye. He had a weird eye. He's there so Daniel Craig can deliver the iconic line after using his EMP. It blew his to, mind. Yeah, like I showed him my EMP. It blew his mind. Uh, so I guess that's what Phoebe Waller-Bridge was brought on to add to the movie. Um, no, she brought. She was brought on to add to the to random tea set that Q pulls out while looking for weapons. That was funny. <laughs> you know that's exactly her. That's, that that was her. her touch. That was her. Um, yeah. But basically the movie ends with Bond. He opens the silo. He's getting ready to leave, but oops, it's closing again. He's got to go do everything all over again. Of course, Saffron has come back to finish the job. He shoots Bond. No, no, they monologue at each other first, and then they shoot each other, and Bond somehow doesn't really take a fatal wound. I don't know. Yeah, they're fighting each other, and then Saffron had this vial that he had been threatening Madeline with. It breaks, you know, while they're fighting in this small pool, and now Bond is infected with, you know, the... uh, Vi- the nanobots. The nanobots specifically for Madeline and Matilde. Um, and so yeah. he can never touch them again. And um, <gasps> he kills Saffron, you know, out of just you know, bond anger and then goes to open the silo again, has an emotional conversation with basically everybody in the movie <laughs> and <ending> with, with, <laughs> with, with Matilde and um, Madeline. And then the missiles come down, they blow him up. Uh, you know, we cut to everybody at MI6 kind of giving him one last final cheer. I forgot to mention that, yes, during this this island sequence, Lashana Lynch is like, actually, you're 007. I don't want to be 007. Yeah. You do she that. She just relinquishes it I'll right there. Be on the something spot. Else I'll be something else. And Bond's kind of like, yeah, Bond doesn't even fight. He's just like, all right, all right, okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, the movie ends with with Madeline and Matilda driving up the countryside. And 
Madeline telling Matilda, she's going to tell her the story of 007. Heavily censored version without the murders yeah. and the boozing and the, you know, sleeping rape. with hundreds yeah. of women and the rapey <laughs> shit. Yeah. So like a, yeah. basically nothing. Yeah, like yeah. a two-minute version. I, uh, I imagine but, Daniel Craig like pumping pumping his fist in the air like Nicole Kidman after her divorce when they shot the scene of him getting blown up on the top of the bunker. Finally free. Free at last. <laughs> free. I'm walking away. Um, but that's no time to die. Again, the movie is two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> there is a yeah, lot. I'll, I'll drink to I that. Think less, let's not even really try to deconstruct this plot at all because it's really just you know typical the thing about this movie is it is acting as both an end cap to the daniel craig and then like a 25 year celebration of bond so it's doing both really trying to have have its cake and eat it too but also be like here's all the things you love about bond here's the cars he's gonna quip some you know Mm -hmm. he's gonna make out with you know women and go to foreign locations and do all this stuff but also we need like this heavy emotionally resonant finale so he's got to have a daughter and like not get to see the daughter and all kinds of things it's very it feels like they it was very it feels uh, like they needed a, a long checklist yeah well it felt like they yeah. needed two hours and 45 minutes but like didn't you know, <laughs> like it no, was, they, yeah, they didn't. While they definitely it's didn't. full. It feels very empty. Yeah, it all feels for not a little bit. You know, so let's let's get to the conversation we came here to have, mm. which is Lashana Lynch <laughs> in this movie, right? Like we talked about, very much so upfront in a lot of the marketing, very much so upfront in in terms of like them trying to sell her to us as potentially taken over right because this is the conversation we kind of had with black panther black panther is the moniker t'challa is the person t'challa is the character right right? so like maybe you don't want to recast t'challa but you can recast black panther in the same way that maybe you don't want to recast james bond but you can recast 007 you can't have somebody else take that Mm -hmm. over and so it seemed like maybe they were flirted with the idea of if this movie does well enough we might consider bringing lashana lynch back as 007 but they give her so little to do they give her another one of those terrible lines where she asks the doctor what time it is and then says time to die and shoots him uh Woof, <laughs> by the way Woof. like really like don't Woof. because like she's in my opinion she's got it right like she could pull off yeah. like the 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 spy craft kind of stuff absolutely right? like, she's cool as, she's so cool yeah. you know she's Got that physicality. It was exciting when in the beginning that, especially during the marketing, it's like, okay, so they're, they're not doing like the Black Widow thing on her. She's like not doing like the hair whip. She's wearing flats, you know, you know, things are looking good. Maybe Mm this will go in like more of the atomic blonde direction and she'll just be like this unstoppable fighting machine, you know, taking everybody down. Like I, I thought she would at least, you know, beat up bond like i was expecting that just to show how good she is how like she can match him she really doesn't get any extended stunt sequences right so like she doesn't get like a chase on the motorcycle or like anything like that (laughs) she kind of in the cuba sequence like has a shootout but really it's just shooting a gun off a balcony more or less she didn't even jump off of anything i don't think Mm. like uh, (laughs) yeah in the in the Uh, she like flies in on a on a zip line yeah at the end, you know, that island sequence, like, again, really more or less is just 
She left she with the other women and children. Like the correct thing yeah. would have been have her be like, no, Madeline is super badass. You know, she can take care of herself. I'm going to stay yeah. and help you storm the tower, you old man, because you can't do this on your own. And that would have made sense. <laughs> and she would have, it would have, yeah, it would have been good. Well, and the thing about 007, specifically that designation is like, that's the one. Right. Like, that's what we've kind of been led to believe, that's, you know, not just because James right. Bond has it, mm-hmm. but like even before, you know, the lore is kind of like 007 is like the agent, you know, like that's who you want to be. The top agent. And so she beat yeah, everybody else to, out for that title. That's like assumed. Yeah. For her to be 007 mm-hmm. kind of seems like, you know, like Anna de Armas kind of gets the sequence that she should have gotten yeah. in the movie. Where like three she weeks training, one, you know, <laughs> you know, doing all that, and she really doesn't have any of that. And her character, right? Like she is very much so, like a yes sir, yes ma'am, soldier, soldier. Like you know, she goes up to um, M and is basically just like whatever you want me to do. She, and like, and she's no like, I'm by the book, no. you know. That's like that's yeah. my thing. When this is a fucking spy fantasy, like. <laughs> You don't have to, like, nobody cares that you're by the book because only the person who breaks all the rules saves the day. Like, we know yes. this. I think the characters in the in these franchises know this, too. So she's admitting, she's basically admitting that she doesn't actually qualify for this role because she's not ready to break any rules. And she's very yeah, much... she's already assumed her inadequacy. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think the way that we think about Bond, right, like as like, again, like this very cool character who's always in control, who like even when he's strapped to the, you know, contraption with the laser coming at him and all this stuff, like you, never <laughs> once do you think that he's going to die. Never once do you think he's in over his head. He's always like... He's unstoppable. Yeah, he- he's one step ahead of everything. And she kind of feels like, you know, if it wasn't for, uh, <laughs> you know, like... M or you know other people kind of telling her what to do where to be how to because she i guess kind of figures out where logan ash is going with help i guess that, like, probably yeah. with q's help but here's the thing about bond you know he may be loyal to queen and country without question but he hates bureaucracy he will never mm-hmm. follow orders because he trusts his gut and he does the right thing in the end and I right. just feel like when there's a black woman in this incredible position, she has probably, I'm assuming, broken numerous rules just to get to that position. Like, she should be all about, nothing can keep me down, nobody can keep me down, you can't tell yeah. me what to do, I am the opposite of by the book, I will fucking get it done. Even the things that Bond is afraid of doing, I will do them because I get shit done, and that's why I'm great. Like, that's what I was waiting yeah. for the entire time I saw the movie, and I'm just like... Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, her and Bond had more of, her character with yeah. that. Right. Her and her and Bond had more of kind of like a bickering sibling like relationship where, you know, And she's the little sister, like, right? Yeah. There was a lot of Easily. like, you know, quippy back and forth between them that seemed one, more or less, you know, good natured and two, like never she never really seemingly posed a threat to him yeah like you never really thought like oh like maybe bond is kind of done like maybe she is like the next i wanted of this she, i wanted like, her to ha- like i have this long wish list of like stuff that she should have been <laughs> but i think the animosity she had for bond should have been genuine like that this is my job now 
No, I am not letting him be 007 again. No, he's not running this. Right. Like, he listens to me. He takes my orders. If he falls out of line, yeah. I will shoot him in the knee. Like, that should have been her energy because, yeah. like, why should he just come back and show just like, oh, okay, like, I guess I'm just going to, you know, sit in the passenger seat now. Like, what? <laughs> well, again, sp- specifically the visual <laughs> of a black woman, you know, ascending to more or less like the top of her profession. Yeah. And then, like, just backing out and allowing this white man to come in and, like, take that from her willingly. Willingly. Like, not gonna That's fight the for thing. It, not going to really, like, be upset about it. More yeah. or less, like, you deserve it more than I do now that I think about right. it. You, you know, which is like, huh? Like, wait a minute. Like, It's just a big missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, the character just feels like a big missed opportunity. And so many... And it's, like, exactly what they're aiming for. Like, obviously trying to do, like, retroactive uh, reparations towards the women that they've murdered in these movies. You know what I'm saying? That's and sort of yeah. like the women scene in, like, in the M- MCU um, Endgames. Like, the scene with all the ladies lining oh, yeah. up together. Like, that's what I feel like her character ended up being for us. Just, like, mm-hmm. and when I saw it, I'm just 1, like, you think this is what I wanted? well and you you get it even more like her like money penny is basically not in this movie she's just kind of there to like show face and like disappointing she was so cool and before like she was kind of the one who was like i'm not putting up with any of your shit james like don't bring that to me and their chemistry was hot like that should have gone somewhere yeah, you know, and she Those kinda, first couple movies definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she she's more or less relegated to background. Um, Q, like I get like Ben Wishaw's in the same boat as Daniel Craig, where it's like I'm done. <laughs> I'm a serious actor <laughs> on the stage. Yeah, I do not want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, so you can see why he's kind of like not given a lot to do. But then, even thinking about you know like Madeline's role in this movie, like she is. She was again supposed to be another one of these women who are in this in this film in this franchise to be a course correction of sorts and not necessarily like the typical Bond girl. Uh, but this movie, she mm-hmm. is more. She has a scene where she throws some tea into a guy's eye, and that that's the most that she gets to do in terms of like not being the victim. I guess as a she, child, she, she kills Saffron, she kills but, someone before Saffron takes her. She, I think like we can tell yeah. that she's. She is a badass, yeah. like limited stuff that she was allowed to do because she's usually holding a child she, in the scene. Yeah. But like, yeah, she, well, she was 12 yeah. and she's emptied a clip in the bathroom. Yeah, like <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know, Natalie Portman's character in The Professional, right? Leon The Professional. Yeah. Um, oh, but again, Leah Sado is like a fantastic actress. She can play yeah. a fucking killer. Yeah. You know, yep. and they didn't really let her do that either. She was like crying half the time. Um, yeah. She has no chemistry Ugh. with Bond, mainly because she no. looks a third his age, but also just like also no chemistry. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another so, I mean, wasted opportunity. Movies, I think these movies, you know, if we if we're spinning into Bond, the character writ large, right? Like, I think what these what these movies are and what they have been for a long time and what you get the sense of when you hear people talk about maybe casting bond as a person of color or as a woman or as queer or any, any of these other things mm-hmm. the uproar and the pushback that you get is because bond very much so is a white 
male power fantasy specifically you know british you know european um and like the idea of him being anything other than that existing as anything other than that the character stepping out of those bounds even though again like this was an attempt to soften him in some respects but like when you because if we we could do this thought experiment and run it down the line and like everyone would be a white saver right like uh john claude van damme <laughs> you know uh sylvester stallone sure. um definitely you know, stallone like, definitely schwarzenegger you know like any white action star of you know the 80s and the 90s like they all save the world they all do all the stuff right so it's it's not like right. You know, opening that Pandora's box is like, well, everybody's a white savior. Oh, no, because, okay, go on. Well, I was going to say Bond specifically, though, I think what is interesting specifically in this context, because previously these movies had been more or less what the Fast and Furious is now, right? Where it's just like, these are Mm -hmm. crazy. There's gadgets. There's dumb punchlines. They're going to the moon. Like, none of this. Don't take any of this seriously. I never thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. (laughs) But now it's like, oh, no, take this very seriously. But then when I take it's it very seriously. completely in reality. Right. Bond is basically like an agent of a colonial estate. Yes. Right. And that's what makes this maybe not mm-hmm. the best route to go down. Because like you were saying, Frankie, like while he does not, you know, necessarily like, you know, leap at every order or command from, you know, M or, you know, his superiors, like he very much is He's loyal. queen and country, mm-hmm. right? He very much so is, I am doing this for the greater good. And in a lot of these instances, right, like M ostensibly, this is his fault. Like he has created this weapon off the books in a secret lab designed to, you know, be used as like, almost a replacement for agents where it's just like, Oh, we don't even have to be there mm-hmm. physically. Like we can just send this thing to kill this one specific person. It's supposed to, you know, like severely reduce any like, you know, civilian casualties or anything like that. But yeah. at the same time, he is the leader of a secret spy organization that has like fucked this thing up time and time again. What makes him think that people aren't going to like take that shit and use it against him so like you know he's but bond is there to like cover that up and make sure that nobody ever knows about yeah he doesn't go to a journalist and be like i have a story (laughs) to tell you about mi6 (laughs) or even like you know like admonish him about it he's kind of like actually that's not a bad idea like if 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 yeah exactly exactly (laughs) this harebrained scheme isn't that bad yeah so you know like you seeing him and this is kind of going back you know before um, Daniel Craig specifically but like you know there was a string of movies where like foreign right like the enemy was foreign the enemy was Russia the enemy was I think there was one yep. Pierce Brosnan one where it was like a Chinese mm-hmm. guy in a submarine I forget what the movie was I think it was the one before Halle Berry but like you know there's been a lot of ones Yafet Kodo was <laughs> like uh, Yafet, yo uh, actually I remember that one because yeah. he's his villain is so weird. He like lives in a terraform biodome in kind Louisiana, of thing. Yeah, mm. in Louisiana. 
in a, in a swamp. It's so strange. I'm they like, did have one. They know that black people live in Louisiana. They did have one <laughs> British villain, didn't they, for Skyfall? He was a former agent. I mean, he's played by a Spaniard, but I think he's supposed yeah. to be British for once. Javier yeah. Bardem was, Javier was Bardem. in that one. And then in GoldenEye, like his former, uh, you know, agent, I think it was 006 okay. or 8, one of the ones that was close to him, mm-hmm. like, had turned bad and was colluding with again Russia. But, oh like, yeah, but still colluding uh, <laughs> with Russia. So like at least a- yeah, at least in Skyfall he was this like this British dude, and I guess that was unique. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like a lot of it is very much so. Like at the end of the day, like MI six is right, mm-hmm. England is right, mm-hmm. Bond is right. You know, and as bad as Bond is, he's not as bad as these people who are trying to like commit mass murder and genocide and it's not just um, that the enemies right. are foreign but he also jets around the world saving brown people i think so he he goes to well yeah. that's the other thing is a lot of this stuff is done as like foreign locales as literal background like as literal like we are ooh, isn't it we're in mexico mm-hmm. like we're in egypt we're in you know like Morocco. Yeah, and they basically like have jurisdiction everywhere, I guess. Like, that's what we're supposed to that's assume. That's also that, part like, of it. Yeah. The good it comes- British hero can go wherever in the world that he wants to, you know, like blow up an island in dispute between Russia and Japan and not even worry about causing a diplomatic incident. It's just like, I can go anywhere no. and do anything because that's what I'm supposed to do as the British white man power fantasy. And, I mean, even bouncing off of that further, like, again, you think about Britain as a colonial estate where, like, he's in Jamaica in this movie, which is a former British colony. Which, and, like, ooh, you know, yeah. there's <laughs> parts where he's going to other countries, which are former British colonies. And he's Didn't Jamaica moved. recently tell Prince William and Kate to fuck off or something? Exactly. Was that yep. was that them? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> to their faces. Love that. Um and so, like, even even that, like, extension of him being kind of, like, this tool that the British government is using to go and kind of, like, assert themselves and either cover up their own mistakes or, like, you know, do... Because in the real world, we know, like, spies aren't good people. You know what I mean? In the sense of, like, whether whether or not what they're doing is good, like, the tactics that are used oftentimes are not good really there's bad. a lot of torture and there's a lot of like and we rarely ever see bond like bond is usually the one getting tortured bond is usually the one like you know doing all this other stuff but like spies aren't destabilizing uh you know like evil scientist silos out in the middle of nowhere in real life like they are listening to chatter on their headphones <laughs> yeah or like destabilizing like mm. governments yeah like really upending you know like countries and like you know involving Mm. themselves in revolution putting in their own puppet leaders mm -hmm. yeah so like the idea that bond is not doing that like he's somehow exempt from that and is only called in when they need to stop a global catastrophe of somebody with like a space laser is like i don't know if that's true like i think he might also be doing (laughs) terrible things that we're not seeing when the cameras turn off that's the problem Uh, with trying to make these movies too real because then we start to ask real questions right about like you know if this is this supposed to happening in our world as we know it then we can assume that he's like waterboarding people and you know paying off terrorists to 
you know, blow up schools or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, during, you know, like 2002 to like just a couple of years ago, like you think Bond was not in the Middle East, like doing something he shouldn't have been doing to get information. That That's so strange that needed. they've like strayed. They've tried to stray from that, like try to keep away from that, even though it's so obvious and on its face and it's like yeah right there waiting yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I'm, I'm i mean i'm glad there wasn't part of it is because all of these movies are based specifically on the ian fleming novels so like i don't think there was a specific middle eastern villain for them to pull from so i'm glad they didn't like do that this specter and no time to die i believe are the only two films that are not directly based on a novel i think they were kind of composites mm-hmm. of different ones um but even that like ian fleming you know former spy himself who then went on to like write these novels almost in a fit of like midlife crisis like he's about to get married and was just like let me write about this horny super spy who's like going around the world and (laughs) shooting up stuff and like it takes off it becomes like a big you know success and whatever but like he is on record as saying that bond is not a good person necessarily like bond is not you know an aspirational figure but very much so is right like bond very much so and that's why he's so fiercely protected by a lot of people who don't want to see bond portrayed as anything else because like he does represent kind of this super id of like man i'd love to drive an aston martin and wear a tom ford suit and like shoot a guy at a poker game and then go have sex with his like (laughs) sexy lady attendant who you know you know what i mean like bond gets to do whatever he wants nobody tells him no there's no rules for him you know as like a woman watching these i'm just like man is this really the white man fantasy because that is that is kind of boring like i want to find someone who like understands me we hang out we like cuddle we cook together you know (laughs) like not nah, fuck all Does that. Does it seem like that's... <laughs> we go into exotic locales and we almost get killed all the time. He, like, yep. never makes any... You know, the the reason why Casino Royale was so good was because he actually gets to know a woman and is like, I like your personality. Like, you're right. super hot, but you're really funny and you get me and you outwit me and you're very interesting. And, like, that, I think, fulfilled me as a as a, someone who's not interested in fast cars and, you know, fucking... Ladies, I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's let's get into uh, one last thing before we kind of spin into the future of Bond, mm. because I think it's interesting um, to think about Bond again reaching back throughout the years. Because there's there's mm. a couple of things that I don't know if people remember or know about, but like. There's been some weird shit in some of these Bond movies. Uh, some. Specifically, <laughs> oh, do tell. Like, there's a scene. Well, Dr. No, you know, like he goes to Jamaica and kind of like has this more or less like a informant kind of like helper. But then like, yep. At one point just turns to him and tells him to fetch his shoes uh, while he goes off to save oh, yeah. the world. Um and you only live twice. Sean Connery basically does yellow face to appear Hell Japanese, yeah, he does. which was just like when, one. When you see him, 
I don't even know what they did to him. Like, he's got such a weird... Probably not thing. enough, right? It's, yeah, well, it's not even like... They go, I think it's too much, actually. <laughs> well, they, they go through this whole weird sequence where, like, these Japanese women are, like, oh, no. giggling about how to make him look more Japanese and are, like, painting his whole body and, like, doing all yes. this. Oh, they, made it, they made it sexy? Okay, that, that could not have gone yeah. well. And then he, like, comes out trying to fool this Japanese woman where, like... Again, Cameron, we did Soul Man. It's like you can just look it's at him. It's rough. And it's like that's that's a white man. At least in Mission <laughs> like, Impossible, they did movie, those yeah. like rubber masks, which I prefer because then there's no like yellow face happening. It's just the actor actually. Yeah, there's no there's no makeup yeah. like trying to get I my like skin those masks. to look different. Yeah. It's like no, I'm wearing a whole mm-hmm. mask. Yeah, no. He just tries to act Japanese. Oh uh, god. <laughs> And, and but with like Sean Connery's accent, it's terrible. Uh, Goldfinger, um, Pussy Galore, who is the the Bond girl of that movie, in the books is like a very much so an out lesbian, right? And in the, mm. in the movie, mm-hmm. he basically like forces himself on her, and no, if you what? if you take the movie at its word convert her no uh, I okay i never i'm yeah. never watching these movies they sound horrible um and then oh they're straightforward the, the earlier ones are all like very straightforward like we did it and we're not apologizing to yeah. like that's the energy her her majesty's secret service this is probably the wildest one there's a scene there's a dinner scene where all these women from different cultures are at this table and they're all eating yes quote-unquote food from their culture so you see <sighs> You know, all these different dishes. And then they get to the black woman who's eating bananas from a plate. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. Just going. You could look this up. It's town. very. And it's like a real yeah. one second, like quick cutaway to her. And then they cut back to the scene. But it's just like. I thought like I mean, fried chicken and watermelons is bad. This is worse. This is yeah. I mean, they might as well have just put. Oh, that that's all just on straight up. You were from the yeah. jungle, fam. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so I mean, these are all you know just and these are just a, a small sampling. I'm just, there's a lot more. I mean, again, Bond as you know just forcing himself on woman after woman after woman throughout each of these films. Yeah. Um, you know, and even in the in the Pierce Brosnan ones, you know, they had Judy Dench call Pierce Brosnan like a misogynistic dinosaur and like all this stuff but like even that is kind of like yeah but then he goes on to be a misogynist like there's no punishment there are no consequences he just does these things and even when the movie's like that's not cool like it just keeps going like nothing bad happens to him he he doesn't yeah Yeah. he doesn't stop (laughs) simply naming it is not enough exactly it, it really is just like well bond's being bond like what do you want him to do he's gonna like you know and honestly, that's why a lot of the stuff in No Time to Die falls flat is because like they're just like, oh, he has a kid. Oh, he has. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. The consequence uh, is like he has a die in her. He sequence. has a child. Like that's the consequence of one of his actions, I guess. Right. That's his come up. Yeah. We never fi- we never in. see like an angry woman coming after him being like, you fucking raped me, you know, 10 years yeah. ago when you were on a mission. Now I'm going to chop your fucking balls off. Bond probably has that a lot of movie kids. would have been, you know what I mean. If we're being honest <laughs> about it, like he's probably got a lot. Matil probably isn't the only yeah. one. Yeah, but even that, right? Like, strangely, they made this whole thing out of like very much so upfront. Oh, it's not your child. It's not your child. It's not your child. Guess what? It's your kid. You know, like at the very end, yeah. it's kind of like, a why even 
do that. Yeah. Like, just, why even tease it out? You know, it's true. Yeah. You know, it's like we all. Like, it's like they tried to do. Also, they could have made the. the it's kid... like they tried to do. Sorry, go on, Cameron. Oh, I was saying it's kind of like they tried to do Star Wars well, to yeah. Empire Strikes Back in twenty minutes of the movie. But it's it also comes at such a late stage of the film that you don't even really have time to like integrate it into the movie. Like she just becomes a prop. right. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't she's land. literally a prop. Like you know, I thought maybe she'll be like you know clearly his daughter, even though everyone's denying it. Like she's a perfect shot. Yeah. You know, she like sucker punches Saffron in the face. Something. You know. Yeah. Something, something, makes a good and it's martini. a bomb. Yes. It can be cheesy. <laughs> Do not shake my formula, mother. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, there's there's stuff like that where they really try to, you know, add these things to bonds to kind of course correct mm. for a lot of the things we just mentioned. So I remember and, um, at one point when he's driving, like the family, I guess, like his mama, uh, baby mama, and his girl in the car. At, for a second, I was like, oh, he's driving a minivan. And then it was an SUV, so I was like, okay, so that was like another missed opportunity. It's an SUV, yeah. but that would have been funny. So like, he can just be a dad for like ten minutes, like drive a really unsexy car with sliding doors. You know, she's like whining and complaining that she wants a snack when he's trying to like snipe a bunch of people that are trying to shoot at them. You know, make it a little slapstick, but you know, make the child more than just like this bag of water they're lugging around. Wolf. Um. Well, now's the time. Uh, this is this is coming a little bit late, but I think we we still have time mm. to play this. Hey, yeah, this is a little late, but we ready? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the future of Bond because um, Barbara Broccoli has come out very recently and said that they are taking more or less a two-year hiatus to reconsider and rethink bond and what bond is going to be like in the future and who should play bond and all these other things that are you know always kind of at contention um and one of the things i want to talk about before we get to the the betting the current betting odds of the next james bond and kind of Mm -hmm. maybe do a little bit of of a cast ourselves of who we want to see be bond um is like is bond necessary or relevant still in the modern age because i think on the one hand bond very much so is this classic iconic character if you talk to people in the uk bond is bond is doctor who you know bond is like you know just like quintessential there always has to be james bond like they can't imagine a world without bond in the popular culture on the other hand though like we said kind of in that interim gap between the last pierce brosnan movie leading into um you know, Casino Royale, like a lot of things kind of crept in, right? Like Tom Cruise has really taken off with the Mission Impossible movies. Um, you know, the Bourne movies came out and they've, they, they kind of started and stopped with Bourne like spinoffs. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that's continuing or if they're just kind of like, nah, we might just go back and do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got stuff like John Wick. Um, you had, uh, Denzel with um, ooh, the, equalizer. the Equalizer. Oh, yeah. Um, so you got things that are like not necessarily straight up Bond, but are Bond adjacent. And like I said, even like the Fast and Furious movies now kind of like are in that space of like, here's a kind goofy action romp. You know, don't take this too seriously. Here's just two hours to have a good time. Right. And so mm. Bond, I think, unlike a lot of them, like even born while being a pseudo government agent isn't necessarily like 
his his beef is usually like with Treadstone or like the the shadowy, you know, government agencies trying to control him and and other agents. Yeah, he doesn't like, really Bond serve like, anyone. Yeah. Yeah, Bond is like a MI6 a patriot British agent. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and like even thinking about because you know there are like some, you know shots here and there but like even in the modern age i mean boris johnson is kind of getting out the paint here but like you know they, there was never really any like direct like oh is bond doing the right thing like is bond good by you know serving you know queen and country more or less unquestioned they're never um, going to question or... that as long as bond is around i think that's very much right. one of the keystones of his identity and his character but so do, mm. yeah do we think it do we think bond needs to exist as bond has always existed Mm -hmm. or do we think that if bond is going to continue it will take a not a seismic shift but a a pretty pronounced shift in what the character is can i go first so i used to work in marketing and i think as a brand bond is very valuable it's been around for a very long time it's still very much loved you can't just throw that equity away no studio is going to get rid of it so whether or not we need bond or not isn't really the question because they will definitely keep putting money into this franchise until people say they don't want it anymore and i don't think that's ever going to be the case so i think for better or for worse um bond will not go away it's gonna they're gonna keep making more movies and in terms of who i think they will or should cast next. You know, Jordan, you brought up a really good point that he probably has tons of children. And I think (laughs) they should bring in like a Jimmy, but I'm kidding, not Jimmy, probably like James Jr. Not just James. Like he's going to be named after James and let him be biracial. So like he could be raised in, I don't know, one of the former like, Commonwealth, one of the former British colonies. He could be like from Jamaica. Mm. He could be from Singapore. Um, so I'm thinking about two different like rising stars that are like British uh, actors of color. So Henry Golding, which they probably won't go for because, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream media still thinks Asian men aren't manly enough, but he's very manly in my opinion. And then Reggae Jean <laughs> um, in. Bridgerton, who's also, I think, British mm-hmm. and biracial. And, you know, both of these guys, I think, you know, are at the right age. They're handsome. They're, you know, you don't have to be a great actor to be Bond. You just have to be charismatic. And they can, I think they'd both do a good job. And I think that would be a really interesting direction for them to go to without people being like, what the fuck? Why isn't it a white man anymore they can at least like work it into the story and be like oh this is like the son of bond and you know he needs to grapple with his you know biracial culture his britishness um he's gonna be torn about whether or not he's still really loyal to queen and country and he probably will but you know this will take him to more exotic places to do adventures and Mm -hmm. that could that could be fun cam what do you think i agree with frankie that bond is like iconic and will stay the course kind of honestly but the tough part for me is that they're already trying to we've as we said earlier course correct with the whole you know integrating women's roles into mi6 differently or into the bond culture differently and bringing on people of different races and therefore 
the, the the sadly the problem with the whole Bond idea being an being an agent for MI6 is that you know for Queen and Country he's doing these things as part of Manifest Destiny. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he he these are missions that are a part of Manifest Destiny or are are a part of keeping colonized countries and people within those very still controlled, right? Even if he's fighting off, even if he's uh, fighting off villains who have ulterior motives or things like that, he's still keeping these colonized nations safe. And I think that's where we get into like the white savior, the mushy white savior middle of this conundrum cookie we're in a little yeah. bit. And uh, that's going to be the real thing that they grapple with. I don't think it's really it really comes down to the person because the person is just got to be, like you said, charismatic. Just got to carry a movie and somebody that you want to see multiple times. Uh, if that's a woman, if that is the Sonic Lynch, I'm all for it. That sounds great. If it ends up being like Idris Elba or Reggie Jean or uh, Henry Golding, who is an awesome choice. Yeah. Uh, if it's any of those guys, I think that's awesome too. But since we're already leaning in, leaning in this direction, it would be a detriment to probably go backwards as far as culture goes as far as like bond culture and what that person like stands for it, that would be a misstep to go backwards going forwards you'd have to grapple with the fact that you know <laughs> that the the british regime you know is dying in world culture these yes. days and <laughs> that's like yeah that's 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 just it, it's like literally jamaica told them to fuck off uh Barbados is now yep. its own country. Mm-hmm. You know, uh we're starting to divvy out where these nations are becoming nation states and self-reliant and that's the world we live in. That's and if we're going to be honest and true to that world, we have to acknowledge that that's the state of the royal the royals. Yeah. And I think that's uh that's scary. Probably that's I think that's the scariest thing that the broccolis have to deal with. Is that are they gonna deal with the reality I of the British state ignore or are it. they going to They're gonna be popular They're yeah. definitely gonna They're gonna be popular it. because people don't wanna deal with this and they wanna see like this white dude being like, No, the Empire is still doing well. We're still saving lives. Yeah, right. And all of that. Yeah. But but th- even if they ignore mm-hmm. it, that's gonna make it s- sillier? If they ignore it, I feel like that's what that's going to make the franchise yeah. sillier, and therefore, like, I don't know the like the heft that this franchise does have, and I mean, they're honestly they're honestly still thinking about it. I mean, if you saw the Oscars and saw any of any other part of it that wasn't slap <laughs> induced, <Yeah. laughs> I don't remember anything uh, else. <laughs> they right, uh, but they did do a. One of the many tributes that they did, along with The Godfather, they did The Godfather, they did Pulp Fiction, but they also did like a what a two minute video box of six, uh, fifty years mm. of Bond. So they're thinking about this, yeah. Whether or not they act on this character's future and this character's uh, cultural viewpoints, well, that that remains to be seen. So who? At least so who do me, you want to? Who do you I'm, think? Where I'm interested. I liked the Idris Elba idea. I think he might be too old yeah. now. Yeah, sadly. he's already tired. But he's he's. I mean, he's too busy punching lines. Oh my god! And that's fine. <laughs> that looks that crazy. Looks, I kind of want to see it. It though. looks kind of bad, but I'll probably see it. <laughs> it looks yeah. bad. It actually looks bad. But the way, 
I say the one, and this is a tangent, but the only reason I'm even interested is if you watch the trailer, it kind of looks like they're shooting it to hide it as a one take to make it look like it's all one take or to make it all look mm-hmm. like it's all happening in in the moment. Um, there's like, you see the cameras moving a lot. There's a lot okay. of panning motions. All the It seems to be like a lot of steady cam work. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what they're going for. So eh, if they're trying something, I'm down for trying something. Sure. Um, but person-wise, I liked Lashana Lynch in this Me movie, too. honestly, quite a bit. Um, I'm interested in that. Yeah. I'm interested in Daniel Kaluuya. I was thinking him, who, too. Just saw him in mm-hmm. Nope. Who, he, how good was he in so Nope? So How good is he in general? Would you take him over John Boyega? Yes. I would definitely take mm. him over John Boyega. But I like what John Boyega does, and I like his lane, and I don't think... I think John Boyega is rougher around the edges than uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Where, and I think they're both capable of dapper and suave. Or as, I just think as Roger Moore Daniel would say, Kaluuya's too street. Uh, as he famously oh. Oh my God. <laughs> referred to Idris Elba. I've seen that. Too street oh to be my James Bond. Too street. God. My man said that. That's a quote. Oh. Um yeah, I think he's a little too yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. But no, I, I think th- I think Daniel Kaluuya's uh, uh, charisma lends itself. I to agree. He's he's swabber. angrier, and I think he feels yeah. more mature. And I feel like a good mm. bond to me really needs to have a lot of you know unhealthy anger and sort of like a death wish, which I've seen him yeah. express right. really well in like Widows. Um, you nope a little bit so good. you know he's yeah. i can mm-hmm. see him being a cold-blooded killer and then just like calmly wiping blood off of his cufflink while eating drinking drinking his martini and chatting yeah. up some girl right. i can see that right. yeah yeah i think the thing about the future is going to be a, a couple of things one you know like you can't necessarily go right back to the well right so i think they're going to have to think about sure are we going to go, you know, Bond was in a very serious tone and direction. And obviously they're not going to go way back to like, you know, slapstick, you know, kind of silly stuff. But like, <laughs> I think they have to think, okay, do we want to keep going down this more realistic role of Bond? Or do we want to take things a mm. little bit back towards, again, because like the Mission Impossible movies aren't necessarily like, serious films not necessarily you know, like, or just yeah, they're very I, like, silly. I like those tones i like that tone <laughs> yeah though, me too yeah that those like the the action sequences and the probably the plot the villain plot they're much is lighter pretty yeah. serious but the way they go about it is a little lighter yeah like, it's spectacle I mean, yes I remember the last yeah yeah there's it's, the, it's the better bond the series right now right yeah. so do they want to do are they going to focus more on spectacle because you know like that could be a way to people are going to go see bond whatever yeah. you know what i mean like they don't just have do it to well do right like pick a lane yeah. and just you know hit it out of the park but i think they're kind of right. in a in a damned if they do damned if they don't position they just have to like, commit they can't mm-hmm. hedge just like pick a direction they, they, commit right yeah they can't hedge yeah. if they and, if they choose another white actor right fine, i think you know. it's, it's going to be a lot of blowback mm. on them. Well, you know, I don't think it's going to necessarily stop people from seeing the movies. Yeah. Like everything, I think they'll sur- yeah, they'll survive it regardless. Yeah, they'll but survive it regardless. But similar, it will be like a clear misstep. Mm. Well, similar to Doctor Who, right? Years and years, years of people saying, "Just make Doctor Who a woman. Make mm. Doctor Who a woman. Make Doctor Who a woman." And they kept kind of like 
maybe yeah. you know and then they finally did it and it was like you know finally now doctor who's going to be a black man you know what i mean like they're kind of like oh okay mm-hmm. pandora's box we've opened it like the series didn't collapse people still watch like all right like this this is working like, that's true kind of i this. forgot about that and i really like the actor I, I forgot his name but he's really really good in sex education and yeah. i'm so happy for him because oh, yes. doctor who is very very iconic and if a black doctor who played by an extremely good actor does well then yeah like lashana could have a shot that she you know yeah. get the shot she deserved to be that badass that sure. i really wanted to see yeah. Well, I think the question more so is is this, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I've got some actors that I, I like to see in the role, but I'm also curious, how far do they go, right? Because are we going to see a woman direct Bond? Because we've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see, you know, Kerry Fuganaga, I think is the first person of color to direct Bond. But like, are we going to have, you know, more directors of color, more writers of color? Because, you know, as much as it would be cool to see a bond you know not just the the typical cookie cutter bond like having people behind the scenes working on this film to ensure that it's not just you know on paper representation and not you know really Mm. like giving us more of like what that would mean culturally for bond to you know come Mm. from a different background and represent that like i think that's you know like Again, I would love Steve McQueen to do it. I don't know if he's interested in doing that, but like, I, I feel would... like Steve McQueen is actually kind of the perfect choice, honestly. Yeah, I know he could handle it. Yeah. I know he could handle it. There's the action sequences in Widows are actually mm. like wildly competent and yeah. like actually pretty entertaining. Um, I think he would be a great person to just like let have the reins for one go. Like, yeah. don't even commit to him necessarily for like two or three, but. To initiate like a new voice, it's or something fun like for that. them to just try different, fairly different directors at the top of their games. You know, you can even let right. Taika do it. You know, like yeah. he could. I he knows yeah. when to be serious. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I just want people with real vision, like auteurs, to like just get in there yeah. and make something that feels like it's coherent. Not have like twelve different writers work on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we've had like success with this in different places, like Star Wars is letting directors in, and Marvel's letting directors in, and uh, there's other franchises that are doing that as well. And I think Bond is rife yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, it's for just sure. that Barbara Broccoli seems to be more strict than Kevin Feige in terms of like what. How old is she? <laughs> what you like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's but, like yeah, in her seventies, we'll right? See. Gotta yeah. be. I had this thought that I forgot to mention earlier, but like. It's funny how Daniel Craig in the, his 50s is like this older white man who's the only one who can carry this lo- this weight. It's sort of like when we voted Biden into office, like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. this like grandpa is the only person, <laughs> you know, like every don't, time I hear about people sort of overstaying their relevance, it's it's annoying because how can they possibly know yeah. what we younger people want and need? Yep. Yep. Did you hear that he just said he's like the Democratic Party is like we want him to re- run, no. rerun. He wants to rerun. Why don't yeah. they ever feel tired? You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not not enough. Clearly, like if you know Trump is probably going to run again. And yeah. Sorry to get all heavy yeah. on this. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, well, I have no. <laughs> I have I have three before we get to the betting mm-hmm. odds. These are my three picks on top of like I agree Henry Golden. I'd love to see that. Um, you know I agree. Um, 
on a couple of others, but two that haven't been mentioned that have been kind of thrown out there that I'd like to see, you know, potentially Dev Patel um, and Riz Ahmed. Sure. Um, sure. And then both of them. If if we're gonna go and make Bond a woman, Lashana Lynch, but also Ruth Nega, I would also <gasps> throw out there as potentially, you know, a Bond. She's definitely very good. Actually, you know who, and she probably tied up with Marvel, sadly. Yeah. But you know who I actually thought of just now because I saw them, and I'm literally looking across <laughs> the room at my playbill from Richard the Third, but uh, Denai Guira. Yeah. She was powerful as Richard the Third, and as powerful as Okoye in the Marvel films. But like, the chance to give her something where she can be sleek and sexy and powerful yep. and strong, the way she is in Black Panther, mm. and give her this platform. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, Nigerian actress too. Like, I think like an actress who's a little more mask fits the role better. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I can really see mm. her. Really rocking a Tom Ford suit. Yeah. But also, again, like having, because this is the one thing, right, that like they almost did it, right? They almost got there when um, in Skyfall, um, when Javier Bardem's character is interrogating Bond, right? And he's kind of like playing with him. I remember. I know what you're, you know, starts to get lower and lower, right? Love scene. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of, cause again, that's, it's the whole upending of Bond's masculinity, Mm -hmm. you know, in this brief moment where he's just kind of like, yeah, they didn't train you to do that. Right. Like that's not great. Yeah. So like, but having like a bisexual Bond too, I think could be an interesting, kind of take on the character where like you know not necessarily like everybody's game you know <laughs> kind of sure. like floating around yeah yeah but, yeah but that bond is kind of like if bond's gonna flirt like let's let bond flirt all the way you know what i mean and yeah i'm into it. it i'm really into it um, yeah so actually that scene is really awesome in the way they like dole out how he or the dole out the information yeah. that he is bisexual in that scene is like really clever. Yeah, it was yeah, like this honestly. little moment that you just like savor after you finished a movie. You're just like he handled it so yeah. well. It's like mm. I think that was Harvey <laughs> Bardem was like saw that in the script was like just get me to that day. Yeah. Get me to that day to shoot that. <laughs> I got it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Um Love well, it. Here's, here's the current betting odds for Bond, and this is as of pretty recently. Um, okay. I think it's July twenty second. Uh, okay. So these are the the odds that are currently Henry Cavill three to one. Ugh, boring. Uh, <laughs> Roger Jean Page <laughs> seven to two. Nice. Yeah. Tied at six to one. Tom Hardy Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um. Ty- I feel like Chibitel Chibitel is a little, is a little older, old, but yeah. he's he's better than Tom Hardy, I think. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Tied at ten to one, Aiden Turner, Idris Elba. Okay. Uh, Twelve to one, James Norton. Sixteen to one, Richard Madden. Yeah. Richard Madden. Uh, you know what? I watched Bodyguard on Netflix, and I kind of loved the crap out of it for some reason. Yeah. I like it, him. It's but... very much so Bond. It's very much so Bond that show. I would yeah. also, if Bodyguard is still up, go check it out. It's a it's a cool little season of television. There's a couple of other names that have been floated for a while. Tom Hiddleston's been floated for a while. Um, that would be really you know, fun, but I think he's check, also baby, a little you know? long the tooth at this point. I yeah. think when like maybe ten years mm-hmm. ago, he'd be a really fun Bond. Bond. 
Yeah, there's been some strange. Also, ones. another. Oh yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. ahead go oh, well, just because they've they, for some reason, people like to throw Americans into the mix, and it's like that's never gonna happen. Like Michael B. Jordan is cool, but he's not gonna be James no, Bond, yeah. you know. And like people recently were talking about Austin Butler, also not gonna be James Bond. Like you know, there are no. people who could be other super cool secret agent type people but like they're not gonna james bond i think is always gonna go to you know specifically a british a Brit. sometimes an irish you know like yeah i think in in the books canonically he is irish um but like you know it's always gonna be a uk mm-hmm. actor you know they're never gonna mm. open that up yeah like commonwealth maybe like canadians okay <laughs> um well We've we've kind of thought about this movie, reimagined this movie, um, but now we have to put this movie on our cocacity ranking scale. So <laughs> we've got three levels of cocacity for you, Frankie, okay. that we like to rank these movies on. The first level is shorts in the winter, and that is basically like, all right, you know, this is this is a personal decision that you're making. It is <laughs> cold outside. You know, this is not a debatable fact. I'm looking at my weather app. It's telling me it's below 20 degrees and yet you have made the decision to leave your house in your Birkenstocks in your Tommy Bahama shorts. You know what I mean? You know, women go out in the winter in shorts all the time. I'm just saying, (laughs) but this is, this is very much a phenomenon of like you, you, you might be hurt, you know, when you think about it, but like, this isn't actually hurting me. It's just a curious decision that you've chosen to make. Uh, And I should probably stop, but like, it's not, it's not directly doing harm. Uh, Cameron, what's the second level? Second level of caucasity is uh, this movie is touching my hair. <laughs> okay. So now this movie is touching you. It's getting in your face. It's probably not asking questions. Probably not asking if it can. <laughs> it's probably assaulting you without choice. Um, so, yeah, you know, that feeling comes around where somebody's like, oh, your hair is a different texture than mine. Can I examine it and then you know you got to meet them with the you know you got to meet them with some, uh, some james bond karate get yeah, out for of us here. it's probably <laughs> what kind some of james Asian bond you, like the equivalent yeah where are you really from yeah. oh where are you really from yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of those vibes or you, sp- uh, you so you speak english well yeah oof oof <laughs> yeah those those vibes so like not quite a full assault and not quite a full violence but definitely uh, questionable behavior Got going it. on. Yeah. Um, the third level of caucasity. It, yeah, it, what do we got this well, week? It just happened today. And we're going to take a little, little bit of a turn for the show. But I'm going to give the third level of caucasity to Russia giving Brittany Griner nine and a half years in prison <sighs> for <sighs> like what Drug amounts use, to yeah. cannabis oil yeah. in her bag. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, and that's the level of caucasity where like you've made a choice. And the choice was violence. Uh, and there was not, you know, like everybody knows what you're doing. It's very clear what's happening here and, and why this is happening. Um, and like it is doing actual harm. You know what I mean? To like not only anybody, you know, being locked up for, you know, what again is amounts to not even like the drug itself, but just like residue. <laughs> Tincture oil. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like after the fact. But th- the fact that it's, a black woman, uh, a queer black woman who is like basically being let. I mean, like there's still time to do something, but she is 
today on route to like a prison colony is what they said. Like she's going directly there from it's terrible the sentencing. So like um that's that's the ultimate level for us this week where, you know, like it's it's injustice to the nth degree. Uh, and we're all just like watching it and it's yeah eminently frustrating because like seemingly anything something can be done but like yeah she feels like a continue they're choosing she's not basically to a prisoner of war like in a proxy yeah. war oh that's definitely what's happening yeah. here they russia knows what they're doing with this too which yeah. is and the fact that we're negotiating with them to like uh what free this horrible criminal that we have yeah. in exchange for Brittany Griner, who, you know, obviously shouldn't be there in the first place, but now we're exchanging war criminals for WNBA players. It's like, <laughs> God, what is, what happening? is happening? And I feel so bad for Brittany, yeah. who is just like, just knows she's caught up in the middle yep. of geopolitics and scammery. And it's just scary to be her right now. Sure. And shout uh, our thoughts are yeah, with her. For yeah. sure. Um, so Frankie, where do you see on those three levels? Where do you think No Time to Die ranks? So No Time to Die is firmly level two. Can I touch your hair? But I do think <laughs> the there's potential for this franchise to go towards maybe not nine years in Russian prison, but definitely a couple years in the future. As we were talking about, if they choose to continue to make this a white man's power fantasy, you know, in the face of people demanding something different. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna. It could get yeah. really ignorant and really harmful, but it's not there yet. Cam, what do you think? Yes, I am. I am in agreement that No Time to Die and a majority of the James Bond films are honestly uh, touching my hair. <laughs> um, like you said, it's a problem that just needs to be addressed. We're going into twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three and the future, and these are not behaviors we just like we're working so hard to become pc culture to become quote-unquote woke culture to be you know quote-unquote better and more informed people so if we're going to do that start here yeah it it won't you trust me it won't be missed (laughs) for sure well and yeah nobody's asking for james bond to like vape and like read bell hooks you know what i mean like that's not why (laughs) we want to watch these movies but like he also doesn't have to be like a if if he ever quotes tony morrison to like his femme fatale i'm just gonna fucking lose it you know but like there's ways to like pick somebody up that aren't outright assault or like (laughs) yeah get rid of that rapey shit yeah you don't need to do that like my my philosophy is always like if you don't have to do harm, like don't absolutely do something else. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say it's definitely second level as well, mostly for the way that they treat Lashana Lynch and, you know, and Adarmus, you know, to an extent, like the way that they kind of sideline a lot of the women, uh, but also because they built it up, right? Like yeah. if we came into this movie and we just not even expected Lashana Lynch to be another Bond girl, but like she was, build properly as she was going to be in the film as like just another Mm. mi6 agent you know what i mean like i think people's expectations wouldn't be as let down as they were when it's like oh no she might be james bond you know what i mean she was much cooler in the trailer and that's just like bait and switch right it's bait and switch it really was but it's but it's bait and switch 
with a little like nefarious like because you know what we want right and so you're doing that on purpose you know what we want and you won't give it to us why so you know it's even worse than just like oh it would be cool to see her in the movie it's like oh but like maybe we're playing with their hopes and like then we're just going to dash and take it all away um well yeah does does anybody have any closing thoughts on on bond or this movie in particular um i think we've covered everything but i'm really happy that they killed um this bond like Mm. i want daniel craig (laughs) to just happily get fat make more knives out movies and be happy like he had a great run yes um the man deserves rest yeah i would say i mean like you could argue daniel craig has ascended to the role of James Bond, right? Like Sean Connery for a long time was the Bond to beat. And I think Daniel Craig may have done that, yeah. you know, and like kind of etched him out as like who, when people think about James Bond, I think it'll be those two. I think it'll be Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. Um, yeah. So I agree. You know, like I was going to say good run of movies, solid run of movies. Like there's two films you know, a couple good ones. Solace and yeah. Inspector that are kind of just like, yeah. I don't know. This movie was fine. Yeah, you know, not great, but like it did the job. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Casino yeah. Royale and Skyfall that are like, those are great. Yeah, movies. they were like, good. You know, even like you take bite Cy- out of it, like Cyclone of films. Diminishing Returns. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I stick yeah, by yeah. it. <laughs> um, well, Frankie, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, um, that was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, let everybody know what you got going on, where they can find you on social media, all that good stuff. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is spelled very strangely, so just look up Frankie Huang, and I'm the one with the illustrated avatar. Uh, I tweet a lot about feminism, and I talk a lot of shit. Follow me. It's fun. Nice. Uh, Cam, what about you? Definitely will be doing that. I'll definitely be doing that. Um <laughs> Uh, you can find me on IG and Twitter at theblipster1138. Oh, you can find me also on TikTok. I might make another one this week. Who knows? Nice. Um, nice. You can follow my sketch comedy group, Two Karen With Love, on the Twitters and the YouTubes at Two Karen With Love. I think the Instagram is also the same. Um, yeah, hoping to make some content this year. Um, so stay tuned. <laughs> nice. Great. And I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSosa18, JRSosa18. Uh, comics coming out as we speak. Uh, this week, when this drops, the Red Sonia one shot will be coming out in stores. Um, Samurai Sonia stuff coming out uh, throughout the months. More comics, hopefully, coming out soon. Talking about it, thinking about it. Um, Very cool. So be on the lookout for right. that. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at white underscore pod on Twitter. You can also email us at whitepeoplewontsaveyoupod at gmail.com. Um, look us up wherever you get your podcasts. We've gotten some some interesting reviews recently <laughs> that I'm just kind of like, I I don't know if white people have found out what the show is about. Maybe they've... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having meetings. Uh, so, you know, it, it always helps if you, you know, give us the star ratings, you give us the reviews, you do all that kind stuff that kind of helps boost the show. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week and we'll see you next week with more Calcacity. Peace. Peace. Bye. You
can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. <laughs>